Hello. Hey, Jake. Josh, what's up? Dude, super excited. I I, uh, I was sneaking around in the Discord and I saw that you posted a comment in there that you've been studying the back lately. And I mean, our listeners will probably know, and you definitely know that I, for some reason, love the back, probably because I'm lanky. And I, yeah, I love the body triangle and rear naked choke. And uh, even yesterday in training, um, I asked someone if they want to do some positional sparring and they're like, what do you want to work? And I was just like, man, I always work the back, but I don't want to work bottom side control right now. Let's just do the back. So yeah, I've just been obsessed with it since day one, like pretty early. Um, what have you been studying? What, what's been your motivation? What's kind of the new, new stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I didn't honestly take you into consideration when I decided to do the back, but, uh, I think it fits nicely into the the podcast. So yeah, I'm excited that you're excited about it. So, um, hopefully we can, uh, we can figure out some cool stuff together, but basically I've been just going through like all the back instructionals, at least that I know about to just kind of get like a generic overview. And I've been watching decent amount of competition footage, not too much yet. Cause I'm still working on my, uh, my Aiga YouTube video. Um, so that one I'm hoping to get done in like the next couple of days. But, uh, after that, I'm going to like direct my full attention on making like a back video, I think. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> oh, my motivation. Uh, I feel like I, uh, I feel like my marination, like pressure is like pretty good at this point, at least against like the people at my, my school. Like, I think like once I get to like half guard, like chest, chest, half guard, I can pretty much like stay there, pass them out. They recovered a, you know, three quarter mount. And then I cut my knee across, go quarter guard. And then like, just like marinate them a bit. But I just want to, to work on submissions more. Um, and I, I mean, it's hard to deny like the numbers show, obviously, like I'm doing this whole database thing and, uh, the, the numbers show the rear naked choke is like by far the, the best submission. So, um, yeah, I just, I just felt like it was a good time to kind of transition from the like control marination phase to start to finish some people. Um, so yeah, that was my motivation for it. Interesting. Um, yeah, which, uh, looking back at the instructionals now, cause you, I mean, you've watched them before. I'm sure you spent plenty of times on the back. I'm sure you know how to do a rear naked choke. What are like some things sticking out to you this time going back to, to revisit? Yeah. One, one thing I hadn't seen Lachlan's, um, instructionals before on it. It's my first time going through those. And the Danaher people really like stress the idea that on the overhook side, it's easier to, you know, lock a rear naked choke, like a full rear naked choke, because your top arm can, you know, extract and, and lock in a full rear naked choke. Whereas on the underhook side, it's harder to lock in a full rear, rear naked choke because your um, like support arm is running into the mat, you know? Mm-hmm. So the underhook side, generally what the like, you know, Danaher people teach is underhook side's good for trapping 
arms and then overhook sides good for like locking in full rear naked chokes. Um, so like the, the kind of like checkmate situation would be you start on the underhook side, you trap their arm, then you switch to the overhook side and you lock in a full rear naked choke with their arm trapped on the bottom, like both your body weights on the bottom. So that's kind of like the checkmate um, situation. But one thing that Lachlan talked about that I had not considered before was that from the overhook side, it's going to be much harder to get underneath your opponent's chin because your choking arm is running into the, the mat. So you can't go like behind the jaw and kind of cut underneath their chin like you could from the underhook side. So it's very hard to get underneath people's chin from the overhook side. Um, and I haven't looked at like the numbers because I've been keeping track of like whether or not the choke was finished under the chin or whether it was like a mandible one. And I haven't looked at it yet because we basically we're keeping track of a lot of stuff, but we haven't been able to like display everything, if that makes sense. Um, Cause it just takes a lot of time. We've kind of prioritized getting some other stuff done. So we don't have the ability to like display that information, but I can like look at it myself. So um, I haven't, I haven't done that yet, but I'm interested to see if, if the numbers back up that statement, you know, like if most mandible ones come from the overhook side um, would be interesting to see. But uh, basically what Lachlan said is on the overhook side, you should be like very, um, you can't just like spam rear naked chokes because if you just spam rear naked chokes, they're going to grab your choking arm and then they can like go into their defenses, right? So from the underhook side, you can spam rear naked chokes because if they grab your arm, it's like not not that big of a deal. If they like bring your arm over to the other side of your head, it, their head, it's like, it's not that big of a deal. Whereas on the under overhook side, if they do that, they're like halfway out. So basically he said, which hadn't really clicked for me before, I was considering the overhook side to be like better if you're going for like a rear naked choke. Whereas the underhook side was like good for trapping arms and um, going into triangles and arm bars and things like that. But like Lachlan was like, no, it's like even better for the rear naked choke, you know, because you can just spam it. You can get under their chin better. Um, and that's some things I hadn't thought of before um, that I thought were pretty clever. Interesting. Um, and then for our listeners who may be beginners, let me just back up a, a second here for so typically when you're on the back let's say you have two hooks in and you have that seat belt so one seat belt is like under one arm's under their armpit one arm's over their shoulder and the one that's over their shoulder is the overhook side and the one under their arms underhook side and when you say um when you're on your underhook side that's like you're lying on the ground lying on that side that's the part that's closest to the ground um i actually hadn't even noticed that which side is the side that goes into the arm trapping sequence because um, my my attention has been so focused on is their arm, I, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I just never split it up in my head as the overhook, underhook side. I just look at it, I guess, and see that I can mm-hmm. push their arm and then try to trap it. But that is my, my favorite thing to do. I have been running into um, exactly what you said. When you're on the underhook side, it's really hard to uh, dig into... Uh, to get my hand under the chin. Um, and then a lot of times I'll like, let's say I'm on the underhook side and I'm digging with my right arm to get the rear naked choke. And then I just go across the chin and fake like a choke. And then I pull my left arm out from the underhook and then go under 
their chin while my right arm is choking and then switch over. Um, switcheroo. It, the switcheroo. Yeah. yeah. But it, I, I don't know. Do you, I feel like it's, is it kind of da- um, risky to take both arms on the top to try to be finishing the choke for the naked choke? So like, I would say a general rule is there's an upper body battle and a lower body battle going on. And if you're neutral or losing the lower body battle, it is pretty darn risky to take both of your arms over the shoulders because like, again, the general rule is the arm that's like over the shoulder is like the attacking arm. And the one that's the underhook is the like controlling arm. So by taking both out, you're basically going like all offense with your upper body. And that's a, it's not wrong, but it's just risky to do if your lower body is compromised. So general rule of thumb would be like, get to a very controlling lower body position, like a body triangle. And then you can start to um, be more aggressive with your upper body grip fighting um, would be like a general rule. Gotcha. And then um, for you, your sequence of events, do you always try to get the body triangle and then trap the arm and then go for the rear naked choke? Or do you kind of just see what, see what's available? As you all know by now, I'm a huge fan of journaling for jujitsu and in life. And I've been working on a journaling app called Sherpa. It's designed to give you a few journaling prompts to set an an intention, plan, or goal before you go to practice, and then reflect afterwards to help you get the most out of your training and guide your focus. Sherpa uses AI to analyze your entries, gives you summaries and insights over time to show you where you're progressing, and then pinpoint areas of improvement for you to focus on. We're looking for athletes to test out the app on a free trial and give us some feedback to help us shape the future of the app. So if you're interested in joining, you can sign up at the waitlist in the episode description or directly at the website, sherpajournal.ai. That's S-H-E-R-P-A journal.ai. Uh, generally, it's hard for me to lock the body triangle on people because they're bigger than me um, in most cases here. Um, so generally... I try to uh, get to what's called like uh, what I've heard Danaher call first. I don't remember what Lachlan calls it or if he even has a name for it, but they call that the post rear mount where you have like a long bottom hook um, as if it were a body triangle, but you can't quite lock a body triangle. So you just put like um, your, your top hook goes like on the, the thigh, like kind of oh, up by the hip. Of yeah. The, yeah. 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 So it's not quite, as controlling as a body triangle for sure um but uh it's tends to to be what i use um against people who are bigger than me gotcha and then also uh one thing i find myself running into a lot is i find myself focusing so much on the lower body control first like like just for some reason feeling like i have to get the body triangle before i even start to do any hand fighting or anything with my hands (laughs) are you at a certain point, do you get good enough where you can fight both the upper body and doing the lower body at the same time? Like it seems so hard to do. Yeah. I think it's, it's probably easier than you think it is. Um, at like, I would say like a general rule would be like threaten a choke. If 
you want to like distract them pretty much, you know? So like if you're having a hard time walking a body trial because our hand is in the way, um, then it might be a good time to just try and choke them, you know? But at the same time, this is, this is something to, that I think just comes with practice is kind of knowing like, so one thing Gordon talks about is there's, when you take someone's back, you have to expose their lower back and you have to expose their upper back. So there's lower back exposure and upper back exposure. If you have a seatbelt and they escape both hooks and their lower back gets to the mat, you have upper back exposure because your chest is still connected to their back, but you've lost their lower body. So now you need to recollect the lower body exposure and retake like their back. And as a general rule, it's, easier to create lower back exposure it's harder to create upper back exposure so basically if you lose your hooks it's not the end of the world as long as you have upper back exposure and it's going to be much easier for you to maintain uh, upper back exposure and like recapture the lower body exposure whereas if you lose your upper body grips it's going to be harder for you to recapture upper back exposure. Uh, um, okay. So basically if like someone's messing with your hooks and you find it hard to get to your body triangle or hard to get your, to your preferred lower body positioning, if they're like almost out kind of thing, it might be like, okay, now it's time for me to like double down on my upper back exposure and kind of like accept that I'm about to lose my leg position and then try and just reboot and recapture the lower body. But if it's like, they're not almost out, they're just being annoying with their arms, then I can be like, okay, I'm just going to be more aggressive with my upper body and like try and choke you. So now you have to respect my choke. And now that might give me the ability to upgrade my leg position. But what you don't want to do is they're almost out and you're like, oh, now I'm going to go try and choke you. And now I've lost lower body and upper body back exposure. And now they're, they're gone. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It reminds me of that video you did on a uh, like control leading to, and then the, the balance, I guess, between control and maybe breaking uh pressure or something like that. And sometimes mm, you, have, yeah. you have to give up a little bit of control to apply the final breaking pressure. Right. But yeah, here it kind of reminds me of like just all the points of control that you need. That, and it's a good point about the hierarchy of control. So it sounds like that upper body control is like the top of the hierarchy when it comes to back control, the seatbelt, or maybe both arms under the the opponent's armpit, just rear body. Uh, what's that called? Like rear chest body. to back connection. Yeah, it's chest like, to back yeah. connection. Yeah. yeah. And um, there's that weird position where it's like you have a seatbelt on them, but then their legs escape and they're kind of sitting. It's almost like they're sitting cross crisscross applesauce or whatever and you're on their back and they can't really lie down and they can't really move forward um yeah. is there a name for that position you know i have struggled to label this position in the database um i've labeled it i honestly think i just haven't been consistent about it and i might have labeled <laughs> it something different like in the morning than in the, the eve, like the afternoon yeah. um because i was initially labeling it like back with no hooks but then like it's basically it's it's like turtle 
kind of, but they're like broken down to like a hip or it's like seated turtle kind of, you know? Yeah. Cause like, yeah. So I don't really know. I think it's kind of a gray area. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if there's a name for it. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, the, the, our mutual friend here in San Diego, Mike, we went to, he dropped by a class at victory MMA and we worked that position where, on the underhook side, you can grab the same side arm as I don't know what you call that grip. Is that a, you know, a straight grip? Straight. So you're saying right? Yeah. Like you're it, you're grabbing their right arm with your right arm. Yep. If your right arm's on the underhook side. And well, if your like, right arm's on the underhook side. Like, are you grabbing their left hand or their no, right? It's hand? not across. Yes. Yeah, same. Same oh, side. Okay. Yeah. And it's just this weird position where their arm is like. St- stuck to their own side yeah and uh for some reason that class stuck with me and i love sitting in that position that awkward no man they called it no man's land position like you could it's just such an awkward and very controlling uh grip and position but um yeah no that was that was just a tangent um (laughs) (laughs) one other thing from the back that i experimented with since watching um i don't know which video of yours that you had I think it was a recent one, but the hand assist on mm. the body triangle on the bottom yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? It's nasty, huh? I, I've done that a couple of times recently. Yeah, I've done it once yesterday. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, basically, I was watching like old Gordon footage from ABCC and he did it a couple of times in ABCC where he from the underhook side um you generally like so you'll take like a cross grip is like the general arm trap sequence from the underhook side say you're falling to your left shoulder and your left shoulder is the underhook side your left hand would go across and grab their right hand as a cross grip and then you would trap their arm with your right leg and then basically your left hand that was grabbing your wrist um, can just go and grab your shin. Um, or you can even use your, your other arm too. I've seen them do, do both. But like basically you just use your hand to assist you in locking a bot- uh, body triangle. And basically what Gordon said is a lot of times people try and, and lock it on the top side. And when you're trying to do that, you leave space for their arm to slip out. So basically just lock it on the bottom side and uh, it's pretty much checkmate. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, yeah. Their arms never getting out from that. Yeah. 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 I did it for the first time yesterday night. It was so fun to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe I like the back because there's, it seems like there's less to think about. It's less dynamic, I guess. There's just like, you're really getting towards that checkmate um, position. It's a lot of grip fighting. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool grip fighting sequences. And like when you get into like the like neck pummeling, like you were talking about, where you like kind of pick their neck up with one arm and try and slide in your other arm kind of thing. It's, it gets pretty elaborate. Yeah. Yeah. And then last night I came home and I started rewatching the Gordon and Andre sequence, that whole hand fighting sequence and mm. the body triangle. And it almost seemed like Gordon was even... I don't know if the right word is like patterning or something like repeating the same thing. And then you catch on to what Andre's defense and you pretend to do the thing. And then you quickly 
find some sequence to then catch them off guard or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about this in, uh, in like wrestling where you almost like lull people into like a rhythm. You're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to take a collar tie. You're going to clear my collar tie. We're going to reset. I'm going to take a collar tie. You're going to clear my collar tie. We're going to reset. I'm going to take a collar tie. You're going to clear my collar tie. And this time I'm like shooting as soon as you clear the collar tie. Right. So you kind of like, yeah, you like kind of lull them into like a pattern. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. Um, but yes, back to maybe more, um, concepts because it's so tricky to explain jujitsu like visually over a podcast um for someone who wants to get better at the back could you maybe talk a little bit about how the back works in terms of control we touched on it a little bit like upper back control being the highest what what would come next do you know any concepts that you might you might be able to share yeah, I mean, like, there's basically like two two ways the defender is going to escape. They're either going to try and like put their back on the mat, um, or they're going to try and turn uh, like to their knees, like probably away from you, right? And the idea of diagonal control is like super important on the back, um, and just like from the underhook side perspective if your underhook is on the bottom because you're on the underhook side it's going to be easier for them to turn to their uh to their knees away from you um especially if you don't have a top hook of any sort so um the opposite is true from the overhook side uh if your underhook's on top it's going to be easier for them to kind of like try and get their back to the mat so like I would say general rule is from the underhook side, the defender is going to want to try and like, you know, turn away, get to their knees, turtle kind of thing. And then from the overhook side, um, it's going to be the opposite. They're going to be trying to like slide and get their back to the mat. So um, honestly, I think this is one of the big reasons why the overhook side got a good, like is, is probably the best to learn for like a street fight situation um just because like most people's instinct is not going to be able not going to be to like oh this person's on my back i need to like get my back to the mat and like scrape them off and like recover guard you know it's like no i'm getting the heck out of here so like i i do jujitsu with like a lot of wrestlers and pretty much every time i take their back they're trying to like get up and and turn away so on the overhook side, you have the underhook on the top shoulder and you're really like anchored onto them when they're trying to turn away and they're turning right into like a deeper strangle. So like against naive people, the overhook side is, uh, yeah, I think, I think a good place to, uh, to start. Um, because just because, like I said, people who don't know what they're doing are going to try and get up and go run away and it's easier to, to follow that movement from the overhook side and uh they're when they do that they're just running right into the the perfect strangle for you right and then um yeah so the, the way i've been practicing the the back has just been hey you want to start on my back if you submit me <laughs> you win if i escape i win we'll just switch i'm trying to think live now what are some other ways to get maybe more intricate because 
do you, I think maybe it's more helpful if I say, Hey, you want to start on the back? Can we practice from the overhook side <laughs> and then just start there? Or I guess I could just lean over and fall over to that side. Um, but yeah, are there any games or ways that you're thinking about practicing this kind of stuff? Yeah. What we used to do in my old school was what we called progressive situationals. Hmm. So like basically, um, if, yeah, if you're working the, let's say for this example, because I think it just works better for this example. Um, let's say you wanted to work the underhook side and you wanted to work like um, trapping the arm pretty much. So what you would do is maybe start with the arm already trapped. And then you say, okay, go. And hopefully you choke the person um, with like relative ease. And you do that a couple of times. You're like, cool. I'm confident in the fact that if I can tra trap someone's arm, I should be able to finish. So now you'd go back one step and you say, cool, let's start with me on the underhook side. And I have a cross wrist grip and I, but basically like I've already won the grip fight. And now we say, go, and now I have to trap your arm and then choke you or you escape. And basically you go back far enough to where it's like you're you're struggling to get the finish and then you know like okay this is kind of the part i'm that's kind of breaking down for me um and then after you solve that part you know that you should theoretically be able to complete the parts down the chain and you just kind of like work backwards until eventually you're just like starting on the back and you just say okay go and then you're you're trapping people's arms and you're finishing um so that that's one way to approach it and that's honestly not the nicest way because it's just like you're strangling people a lot so um i would kind of sprinkle it in uh, might be the best way to do it um and you could even say like okay cool after i choke you a couple times with your arm trapped we don't need to play that sequence anymore now like if i trap your arm and i'm able to lock this sort of foot configuration then we'll just call it a wrap just to save your neck kind of thing, you know? Right. Um, right. So there are, there are ways to like modify rules for sure. Um, yeah. 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 Or else it's always going to be, Hey man, that tall skinny Asian kid always wants to start on my back <laughs> yeah. with my arm trapped. What the fuck exactly. is that I supposed to do? <laughs> right. This would be probably something it, it was easier coming from the instructor, you know, <laughs> like as opposed to you being like, Hey, do you mind if I start on your back with your arm trapped? And like, <laughs> strangle you a couple of that's probably not the best way to make friends for sure <laughs> that's so funny uh at least it's a little safer than like hey is it okay if i start with like a full full heel hook and then just try to finish yeah. <laughs> for sure yeah this this might be some of the stuff i do with the more like at home training or like with a few friends type of thing yeah um, and you can you could let them start doing it like you could say like hey i want to work on this and then like you could start there and then right, right. <laughs> you do it. you go second you know um, yeah it could be another way to do it but yeah yeah that's i like that it actually reminds me of um there's a chess book like a thousand checkmate problems and the first 200 are checkmate in one it's just one move and it's like let's say it's white to move in all the puzzles and you move one of your pieces and it's checkmate and then the next like 500 puzzles are checkmate in two so you try to find what's the one move that forces them into another place and then the check move. And then the last piece of the book is checkmate in three. And they're basically f practicing how to find these 
your finishes, like the forcing sequences to finishes. And it's, it's kind of, it reminds me of that. She had the arm wrapped. Yeah. Super fun. Uh, Do you do mandible strangles in the gym? (laughs) Um, You know, I'm, I'm honestly starting to, um, but Lachlan has a course on it. He calls it the face choke. Um, And he talks about how to do it like in a relatively nice manner. Um, but yeah, like honestly, some people at the the gym, like squeeze me pretty hard and I've been pretty nice up until now. So (laughs) (laughs) it could be be my turn to to give it back to him a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I do think it's like, it's not the nicest thing, but like there are ways to make it. So it's not like the blade of your arm going through their teeth, you know, like Mm. you can make it nicer and it should like legitimately strangle them. You know, it shouldn't necessarily just be like pain. So um, the way I've tried to go about it is kind of similar to like the way I've been going about other things is if I have to put like more than 40% of my like squeeze into it, then like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not squeezing harder than that, you know? Um, And if, if that's the case, I'd probably need to get like my elbow more aligned with their chin or something, you know, like it's probably more my arm positioning than my, uh, than my squeeze. So um, yeah, that's kind of the way I've been trying to go about it. Um, But yeah, you're, you're kind of flirting with the, uh, (laughs) the like jerk line, you know, (laughs) Um, but that one. Yeah, I do appreciate it when guys have me in it and they decide not to crank it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, especially but then you can that. get a Sisu mouth guard. <laughs> it's true. Dude, I've been using the mouth guard. It's so thin. I, I, I've even, yesterday, normally like during our warm-ups and drills and stuff, people don't wear mouth guards. Then they say, hey, go get water and grab your mouth guard. Because of the Sisu mouth guard, it's so thin and you could talk with it. It's easy. I just put it on right in the beginning of class. I don't even care anymore. Um, aka funny. we got a new sponsorship um, affiliate <laughs> CC mouth guards we'll put the link in the description you get 10% off <laughs> nice. uh, we'll make like a dollar per mouth guard yes hashtag mandible strangles hashtag mandible strangles um, yeah how about the one arm finish do you mess with that much or do you, or yeah. do you think it's places I love it I, I honestly I would say I get that more than a standard in in the gym just because it feels so nice and it's like uh you have their arm trapped you don't have to like sacrifice control and you're just like under your chin under their chin and you're kind of like walking your fingers and then they're fighting and then you just feel them like give up and you're like (laughs) haven't even locked it in and, (laughs) and uh yeah like oftentimes at least in in the gym like i don't compete so i imagine it's like a bit more of a fight to get it to work in competition but like yeah that's like the ultimate like checkmate when you just feel them like give up halfway through you like spider walking your fingers um and then they usually tap like pretty quick and you don't have to squeeze too hard at least you know at my school so yeah yeah and then uh one tip someone gave me too was when it comes to the finish is like i guess this counts for all finishes in jujitsu maybe we talked about this on the podcast or maybe it's like so basic that we haven't but they said like not to just go zero to 100 as fast as you can and try to finish but the advice i was given was just to count to 10 and slowly ramp up the pressure do, do you think about that when you're finishing renaked jokes 
Yeah, I mean, kind of like you hold that forty. Yeah, yeah, it's just consistent, like probably like 40 is the max, you know? So it's probably more like consistent, like 25. Um, and yeah, like theoretically I could just hold that for five minutes if we wanted to, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, especially chokes, like joint locks are probably a bit different. Like you can rip a heel hook pretty hard, you know? Um, whereas like a choke it, if you like squeeze super hard for half a second, you don't even give it time to actually like work, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, Chokes, especially, you should be like giving more of a slow, consistent squeeze. Um, but yeah, you know, they, when it's the ADCC trials and you're, you know, on someone's back, you're probably going to freaking squeeze as hard as you can for as long as you can, you know? Like it's, it's, I think it's, it's just easier said than done, you know, like when your adrenaline's going in, in competition. But in the gym, like, yeah, like you said, there's literally no reason to go like over 40%. So if you're squeezing at 100%, yeah, you have bigger problems than uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't yeah. I, I I don't think I ever go to 100, but I think I might jump to like 80 for by the time I count to like 6 or something. So <laughs> maybe I should throttle it down a little bit. Um Right. And yeah. and I would say like a little caveat to that would be like if they're uh like if I'm like under their chin and their like fingers are in and I like have like a full blown rear naked, I might squeeze a little harder <laughs> just because I know it's like, I don't, I don't want them to get off the hook pretty much is basically, it's like, I know I can finish like through your fingers. Like, I don't care if your forearm, your fingers are like in my forearm. So, right. Um, yeah, I guess it's more to kind of like prove a point to them. Cause I'm a teacher, you know, teacher, <laughs> you got to do that. You got to show them that's not the right defense. It's not going to work. Right. Yeah, it's not yeah. going to, it's not going to save you. Um, <laughs> so I would say that is one time I might like kind of ramp it up a little bit and squeeze a little bit harder for sure. Yeah. <laughs> now for the finishing mechanics. Um, I've also recently seen some of Danaher's stuff on the rotational finish. Um, so far when I've tried it in the gym, I don't know if I'm doing it correctly. I, I feel like when I'm doing it in the gym, it's almost turned into like a throat slice across their throat. And I'm like pressing, you know, you get the blood choke on one arm, one side of the neck, but not as much on the other versus before when I'm kind of squeezing in, I feel like I'm squeezing both arteries on the neck. Do you use the rotational finish? Do you have any thoughts there on that? Yeah. So I, I use the rotational finish. Yes. And I think a really big aspect of it is before you rotate, you drive your elbow like down into their chest. So you're like, like the rotation, your elbow doesn't really like move across their chest too much because you're like driving it down into them. Yeah. And you don't want to be like, I think Ethan talks about this so well, like basically like, you go from it's so hard to talk about jujitsu, but like <laughs> say like to get like your your choking arm as long as possible, right? Say you're choking with your right arm, you want to be on like the upper right side of their back. So like your arm is going to be like so long, and you're going to be able to get your elbow like super aligned with their chin. Yes. And then you lock it up. And then when you're ready to squeeze, you go from the top right quadrant of their back to like the bottom left quadrant of their back. 
So you like lock everything in and then you shift your body like down to the other side of their, their back. And that kind of like starts the rotation. But like before you shift your body, you're like driving your elbow like down into their chest. So your arms aren't really moving, but it's more like your body is like turning, if that makes sense. Oh, like your body's corkscrewing a, a little yes, bit versus yes. like your arm is slicing across their neck. Oh, yes. like I the see. actual movement of your arms should be, I think, very minimal. Oh, interesting. Because you're like driving your elbow into their chest and you're uh, like turning yeah your whole body oh i see okay so it's more of like you're going super deep and then just corkscrewing back a little bit and driving your elbow down uh because sometimes when i see it visually it almost looks like a slice across and i no wonder i was doing it wrong i was just going straight to an air choke basically right so okay i'll mess with that a little bit more yeah i think i think it's easy to get lost in kind of the details of what i just said but i think the most important thing is to just drive your elbow down into their chest before you try and do the rotation. Okay. Um, just that alone, I think increases it by like 50%. Ah, interesting. Yeah. I guess it's yeah. all to attack those little veins in their neck to just right. put as much pressure on it. Especially if their chin is down, when you like drive your elbow down into their chest, it like crunches their chin back in. So when you start to pull it, it like, chokes them doesn't like miss it hurts and chokes them doesn't just hurt them yeah. <laughs> right yeah man the mechanics is is, is super interesting <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, lo I love the rude choke so much ah it's the only submission i still get everything else i never get <laughs> yeah i haven't you've been watching danaher's uh like top what i forget the name of it oh like, the fastest way fastest way yeah i haven't seen that one so i don't know the the details or the um like sequences he goes through on the back and in that instructional uh but yeah yeah i've seen little pieces of it i haven't finished it yet but um yeah yeah i think it's called the fastest way to increase your su submission percentage or something like that um so yeah he argues that if there's one technique or one submission to to rule them all it would be the the rear naked choke so yep yeah for sure yeah I, i'm pretty early on in my uh my study of it so i imagine we'll have a couple more episodes on this just because you're going to be messing around with some stuff and I'm, you're pretty excited about it so yeah um, yeah i think it'll make for some good content yeah i think i want to um distinguish get a little bit next step for me is to get a little bit more clear on what my strategy is from the overhook side versus underhook side and then um the trapping the arm and the and the hand assist on the bottom side like I, I think that that will be fun to play with um yeah yeah i'm also working yeah. on the lower body control part like you know when you have the body triangle on the top side but then they try to move to the bottom to try to unlock it sometimes i lose my lower body control when i try to switch to the top side body triangle again so I'm, I'm i'm messing with that and different size opponents make it all tricky too so right yeah yeah one thing i would say is you don't necessarily have to switch to a top side body triangle um you could just have yeah. both hooks in or just stay with the bottom or just stay with the bottom side body triangle yeah okay um people might try that like footlock i don't know if you see yeah, that yeah yeah that 
ankle lock or something like that. Yeah. People might try that. Um, so that could be something to be aware of. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's, it might be safer to like keep a bottom side body triangle instead of trying to like capitalize on the, the like tiny window that exists. Um, cause oftentimes that does lead to them like freeing, freeing themselves from the lower body. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's my problem. I've been too fixated on having to have the lower body control be perfect quote unquote looking right. before I even start to attack. So yeah, it's a lot more fun right. than that, I guess. Yeah. It could be keep a bottom side body triangle and then like try and choke them. Mm-hmm. And as they like come to defend the choke, then you can switch or you can keep a bottom side body triangle, threaten to choke them and start to like bridge into them like super aggressively and make them go belly down. And then when they, they don't want to stay belly down because then you're just going to flatten them out, but they're going to keep rolling. And then you roll into a top side body triangle and you never had to change your feet. Oh, I see. Oh yeah. yeah, That's another aspect. I I have never uh, flattened someone out before on that side. And I often, they turtle and I fall off the turtle. Like that's something I need to work on too, is maintaining that control. Honestly, I, if you're trying to make friends, the back is not the place to do it. Like (laughs) if you want to, if you want to choke people, like it gets pretty it gets pretty nasty. Like when people are holding their chin down, like you kind of got to be a little like mean if you want to get under the chin and like in aspects like this, if you don't have like tension running through their back, like it's, it's easy for them to like corkscrew and like move their shoulders and stuff. But like, if you bridge into them and it's like makes their back rigid, like, and you're going belly down, it's like, dude, this sucks for those, you know? Um, So yeah, like it's, you kind of got to be a little, uh, yeah, you got to be a little rough, honestly, sometimes. Um, or just accept the fact that, like, they're probably going to, like, exploit some things that you could have been tighter on if you wanted to be a little more uh, aggressive. Right. Yeah, I try not to be, like, super tight with the body triangle. I don't know. It's just, yeah. I heard some people even tap to that, like, you're, like, putting so much pressure on their stomach or their ribs. Yeah, that seems pretty nasty. Right. Especially at the gym. No need for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Man, I wonder, I wonder if people, because I've been asking to work the back so much, I wonder if people are like, oh, man, I don't want to roll with this guy. I have no idea. <laughs> maybe i should yeah. something else well you also do bottom side control you said right sometimes yeah i haven't i don't do mount very much but yeah sometimes i do bottom side control sometimes i just do um passing like if you pass mm-hmm. my guard then we'll restart um or if i sweep do you ever do full do you ever do full rounds anymore uh no i still do i still do mm-hmm. it's it's probably 60 percent full rounds 50 percent, something like that gotcha yeah, it just seems like that's what everyone wants to do. So, right. yeah, yeah, but yeah, man, fun discussions. Um, yeah, I'm uh, excited to to get deeper and, and more skilled on the back. Next, yeah. I need to learn how to get to the back more often to get <laughs> to do this stuff a lot more. You know, because I've just been yeah. starting in it. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I guess it's it's uh yeah, it's just like uh interesting how like 
different people might study like how to get to the back before how to finish from the back. And then certain people might study how to finish from the back before how to get to the back. Um, yeah. Danaher's theory on this. Um, I always am hesitant to say stuff like that. because I don't want to like put words in their mouth, but like basically like what I think Danaher would say is if you're like 90% confident that if you get to someone's back, you can finish them, then you're going to fight harder out of that arm bar that they get you in. Cause you still have a chance to get to their back. Like you're going to basically find a way to make it happen. And it gives you hope. And if you're like, Oh, I know how to get to this person's back, but I'm like 20% confident that I could finish them when I get there. It's like, how hard are you really going to fight to get out of that arm bar when they get you in the arm bar or guillotine or like when you run into adversity and there's like a 20% chance you're going to win. Right. It's like, oh, okay. I might, I might just tap. Right. That's a good point. Oh man, that makes me happy. Cause I've just been slowly building more and more confidence of finishing from the back. Once I, once I get to it a little bit at a time. Um, yeah, I've got like, I've been on the back 75 times now, 33 rear naked chokes, just slowly. Dude, that's slowly a really counted. good ratio. I feel like. Thanks. Well, it's always starting on the back with like, a seatbelt, two hooks in, you know? Yeah. So, but still, I feel like that's pretty solid. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the long arms and the long legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it might be the opponents I'm facing, you know, who knows? Um, I, I find a lot of, maybe a lot of these guys don't uh, practice a, a lot of back defense or something. Well, if you do like normal rounds, like you probably don't end up on the back very often, you know? So, not super. Op- oh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's so I imagine they don't have too much experience, like especially if they're like your rank, you know, right. you probably have, you probably have 10 times the amount of experience on the back at this point than someone your level that's just been doing like normal rounds the whole time. That's true. That's true. So what I dare say that I have a blue belt level of back attack. <laughs> I don't, you just found out that there was an overhook side and an underhook side. <laughs> you should be distinguishing between the two. So settle down. <laughs> start right. there. I'll start there. I'll start there. <laughs> Stupid belts. <laughs> Stupid belt system. Uh, oh, cool. Should be fun. All right. Cool. Any other yeah. questions? No, no. Maybe we could do back escapes sometime because every time I escape, I end up on bottom out. <laughs> but yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that next time. Another time. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Jake. All right. Later, Josh. Yeah. See ya.